hello and Merry Christmas. No matter what time of the year you're listening to this message, it is my hope that what it translates to you is a message about Jesus that is different than perhaps any message you've ever heard about Jesus. My name is Lenny Guerin, and for 10 years, I was a minister for Key to Life Center. Prior to that, my mother was the original minister at Key to Life Center for almost 35 years. Christmas Eve services were probably the most amazing, beautiful, and inspiring services that we ever did. Miss Debbie Duncan, who's an ab- fabulous fabulous entertainer in Minneapolis was our musical director and we had some of the most incredible musicians performing year in and year out it was a crazy time because to do any type of a project that big takes a lot of effort and energy but it was magical and magical is what Jesus is to us That what he represents is magical. And perhaps a better word is mystical. But the two words together are the Jesus I want to talk about now. We may one day do another Christmas service, but since mom is on the other side and passed away almost two years ago, It was difficult for me to do a Christmas Eve service without her being at least in the audience. I finally found the energy or desire to share what I believe Jesus is this time of the year because the message shouldn't stop. The message needs to be spoken now more than any other time. Christmas is a beautiful and magical time for many reasons. Everyone has their own favorite magical part of Christmas. But what's most important is to remember what it means. It will mean different things to different people, of course. But to me, and to most of my family, and those close to me, Jesus is an incredibly powerful being that is waiting for us to wake up and to listen to what he came here to teach us. Christmas is a time to celebrate his purpose, the purpose to teach us that we are not some lowly human being being thrashed around a victim of world events, politics, negative belief systems, bigotry, judgment, etc., etc. Oh, all those signs are there for sure. In fact, worse probably than they've been in decades and decades and decades. But we have the power to change it. We have the power to acknowledge that inside of us is the light of the Christ. And that the regular canonical Bible, which is the Bible that was commissioned by Constantine at the Council of Nicaea in 345 A.D., and eventually became the main canonical Bible that is used to this day by the Roman Catholic Church. And although you have every right to believe in what is between the covers of the canonical Bible, there are questions that you can ask that can open you up to an understanding of Jesus that is so far beyond your comprehension that it's hard to even explain. 
it's been at least 30 years for me of studying, reading, searching, wanting to know more. Who is this being? Who is this amazing mystical being, Jesus Christ? It wasn't enough what I learned in the Bible. There's something else, something magical and incredible. And not until I started hearing lots and lots of teachings that finally started to come out, actually, on television, History Channel, National Geographic, the forbidden teachings of Jesus, the books that were refused to be allowed into the canonical Bible, the banned books of the Bible, several different titles. But what I knew as I studied to move forward is that Jesus that I believe in cannot fit in one book. The Jesus that touches my soul is bigger than one Bible. If the message of Jesus rings true to someone in that one book, then they should just continue to believe that that's the only message. But if you want to know more, then you need to seek answers to more. Who was he? Who is he? Why does it matter? A couple of weeks ago, on a warmer than usual November day, I was sitting on a swing on our deck. It was gray and gloomy, but warm enough that I didn't need a jacket. There was this kind of gray feeling that came over me that had to deal with missing my mom as one, missing what Christmas meant, knowing we weren't going to do a Christmas service, which always inspired me. And as I sat there, I started to talk to Jesus out loud. What am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing? I feel empty. And empty is sometimes better than depressed or down or frustrated at world events. And since I believe in a personal Jesus, the Jesus that actually speaks to us and guides us, if we'll be open, I heard his answer loud and clear. It isn't the first time I've had a conversation with Jesus, nor will it be the last, for I speak with him frequently. And yep, he responds, just like he'll respond to you if you want to have the same relationship a personal one where he can guide you to the greatest you that you're capable of being the divine you the Christ light in you and as I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself and sad I heard him tell me that it was time to get up and do what I was supposed to do and that was share the message and whoever gets it will, and whoever doesn't want to, won't. And it doesn't matter. What matters is whoever is listening to this message right now, who resonates with it, you're the reason why I'm even doing it at all. Because his answer to me on that warm November day was, you are an instrument, Lenny. And as an instrument, I need you to speak my message for me, as I have asked you to many, many times before. Some people will think you're crazy. Some people will think it's blasphemous. Some people will think that you're schizophrenic. But the bottom line is, I am telling you that I need you to speak a message for me. And whoever feels it, hears it, and responds to it, and is inspired by it. That's all that matters. And everyone else can go their way to whatever path inspires them. It isn't a competition. There isn't one right way 
to understand the path to God. There are multiple passages to deep spiritual understanding. So many that people can't possibly comprehend how many. And what I hear through the truth that speaks through me is that every pathway that leads us to God, however we define God, that helps us become a better person and do better things in this life and help others is the path we should follow. Not because our parents and our grandparents told us, not because some church leader told us we'd go to hell, because we feel inspired and empowered and called. The calling, the calling that happens inside that says, step out there and do this thing. Speak, talk, volunteer, do things that help you feel connected to humankind, to animals, to the environment, to anything that needs your special gift, whatever it is, your divine DNA. Each one of us is the offspring of God. And there isn't one person in the world that can tell you what God is. Not one. The Pope can't tell you. No minister can tell you. No religion. They can tell you stories that they've heard about what God is. Well, for me, it isn't some guy sitting up in heaven with a long beard and very much a naughty and nice list like Santa Claus. It's too vast to put into words, so I don't even try. I look at it in my mind as the biggest, brightest, most abundant light that creates life and manifests anything and everything that created Jesus that created Mary, his very powerful and amazingly magnificent mother, that created this world, that created galaxies that are further away than we can see, that the power of God is present, but what God is is undefinable. But Jesus isn't. Jesus is very definable. The problem is too many people try to define him in their own words and say, this is the only way you can understand Jesus or else you're going to hell. Well, this Christmas, because my mom pretty much came through the same day that Jesus did and said, Lenny, it's time to get back up on the horse and start to ride Ride the white horse in order to understand the spiritual consciousness of who you are and why you are here. It's been a difficult couple of years. And sometimes I wasn't sure I was going to get through them. But thankfully, that light that has watched over me continues to watch over me and says that I need to share what I know. And if you choose to accept it, that's fine. And if you choose not to, that's fine also. Because I've read many, 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 many books about the origins of the Bible and many, many, many books about Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, doesn't mean that my path is the same path that you need to take. It is my hope that I can plant a seed a seed that will help you understand that there is so much more for you to understand where Jesus is concerned. And that during Christmas, there's a powerful light descending from the heavens and blasting through the veil that separates this earth from our divine home. And Jesus is standing between the veil of heaven and earth and saying, listen to me. 
Don't get caught up in what's going on. Just don't. Become my instrument. Whoever you are, whatever you do, however you hear the calling, listen to it. Because it will take you where you need to be to do what you need to do. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to be open-minded. The canonical Bible, which is the canon, which was the only authorized Bible way back when, 300 years after Jesus died, when the Christians were warring in multiple factions and one Christian would think the other Christian was wrong and um, if you didn't do it their way, it was the wrong way. And like today, sadly, Christians are still attacking each other. They're attacking a lot of people. They're attacking other religions. Good Christians, so they say, are blaming and judging and... um, Even their fellow Christians aren't Christian enough. And really, we haven't grown that far where that's concerned. Christian is not Christ. There's a great quote from the Gospel of Philip, which happens to be a Gnostic quote. Gnostics is a series of teachings. Gnostic meaning knowledge or wisdom a series of teachings that were discovered in 1945. And those teachings that were discovered were all of the missing disciples out of the canonical Bible. And in those teachings, there were some pretty amazing things. One of which was Philip saying, seek not to become a Christian, seek to become a Christ. And what that meant is Christians had become pretty out of control. By the the third century, there were so many different factions of Christianity that nobody really knew what Christianity was the right Christianity if there was such a thing, because Jesus never wrote it down. He didn't record it. He just shared stories, and people passed on stories. Until egos and money and all the same things that corrupt our world today corrupted the world then and said, no, you have to follow this teaching or you're doomed to death. Which actually happened after it was adopted as the only real true Christianity, the canon, Constantine sent out his armies to burn the libraries in Alexandria and Egypt where there were centuries upon centuries of information that went on well beyond Jesus's birth. Teachings about Buddha who lived 500 years before Jesus that were parallel to Jesus's teachings, teachings even prior to that. And strangely enough, a lot of them actually were parallel to each other. But oddly enough, The threat of having another concept of Christianity out there because everybody was fighting about what was right and what wasn't. Athanasius, who was a bishop, demanded that Constantine recognize only one Christianity. And that same Christianity lives today. And many, many people still believe it's the only Christianity that is real. And truly, if that's what you feel, then that's your right. But what about all the other disciples? What about all the other teachings of Jesus? What about all of the other disciples who aren't even in the Bible, who ended up being part of the Gnostic scrolls and the Gnostic teachings and all the discoveries that happened to come along that are even now on specials? around the holidays they can be debunked or not it's what your soul says the gospel of mary is in there all of the other missing disciples are even there even the gospel of judas fascinating reading why be afraid to learn more about the master why be afraid 
because someone said you'd go to hell? Well, I have my feelings about hell. And most of the hell we'll ever experience we're experiencing right now. So how about we find the way that we return to the light that guides us to be the instrument of healing and peace and yes, power. Because you know what? We are in need of empowering ourselves to join together in strength, to become powerful leaders of light, to be light bearers to the world, to pick up whatever soul path is ours and to march on it in order to bring healing and truth and love and strength into this world into its environment, into all the living creatures. Jesus's purpose came through loud and clear in many of his teachings. Some that were actually left in the Bible, but many that were not. And some of what I want to share with this message of Jesus at this time of the year are the similarities and the absolute opposites of the canon and of the Gnostic teachings. We have our own brand of believing what Jesus says. I call it the mystical Jesus because it's simple and mystical is powerful and magical and absolutely non-descriptive as far as how you can put it in a box. You just can't put it in a box. Mystical is beyond definition. And Jesus is beyond definition. This is a quote by Helena Royce. I love using quotes because it helps me tie things together and sometimes they're going to stick in your head. And even if you remain in a place where you don't hear half of what I say but you remember a quote, yay. One prevailing reason for Christmas is to remind us that we are bound to a divine, invisible, spiritual energy. This divine life force is the tangible and intangible presence of the Christ, the manifestation of God within. Jesus came to teach us that we were God's inside that we're the offspring of DNA from the Creator, and this and greater things shall you do. That we were all asleep. He came here to wake us up. We were all asleep. Back then, we were just as asleep as we are now. We're probably even more so asleep now because we know better now. It's hard to believe that barbarians 2,000 years ago knew as much as we know but we have this wisdom and education and all these abilities and somehow we've slid off the path but all it takes is waking up and saying i want to be on the path the path to why my soul is here why was i born what's inside me what is speaking to me not a still small voice a powerful voice the voice of God through Jesus saying you have a path, you have a destiny, you have a mission, you have a purpose. Now do it. Do whatever it takes for you to open up to what that means. And for certain people, it's going to be different. Deepak Chopra uses the same type of information when it comes to connecting with divine DNA with one line. Every human being is a God in embryo. What a fascinating little sentence. Every human being is a God in embryo. Now he's not making that up. He didn't just pull that out of nowhere. It's in the Bible. The actual canon Bible. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all things will be added unto you. 
The kingdom of God is in you. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all else will be added unto you. That's the regular Bible. That's the Bible saying typical stories about why Jesus came here. Oddly enough, people are so afraid to study outside of the Bible for fear of being judged or for other things that say, wow, if you study outside of the Bible, you're going to go to hell or people are going to judge you or whatever the case may be. But there's just a couple of little things. The Bible was written so long ago and translated so many times into different languages, into different symbols, and back to other languages, and then edited and recommissioned and rewritten even to this day. The Bibles are changing sentences and lines and words. How could it possibly still be the original speaking of the people that wrote it? And even then, how many people know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the only Gospels in the Bible are written by two disciples, Matthew and John, because Mark and Luke were scribes. They weren't disciples. I didn't even know that until 20 years ago. I thought Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were disciples. They weren't. They spoke for some of the other disciples or they translated, but again, translations become translations. And then how much of it is still authentic? It doesn't really matter unless it inspires you, but if it doesn't give you enough to understand or it starts creating some type of judgment and all of the books that are in the Bible create a belief that you should judge because people aren't perfect or they're not like you or they're not like your neighbor or they're not however you define they should be, then you need to start looking at what you're reading as fact. There are many books written on the origins of the Bible that are mind-blowing, too mind-blowing for some people to read. But in my opinion, if you crack open that mind and you ask for the guidance of the divine message of Jesus, the real message to come through, you can ask Jesus himself to translate for you, to bring you to the right people at the right time and the right place. And to help you understand that the divine light in you is trying to be born. It's been in there since you were born, but it's shrouded. It got shrouded in your childhood. It got shrouded by politics. It got shrouded by culture. It got shrouded by fear and insecurities and people but it's still in there flaming, 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 saying, let me out, fan the flame, see what the real divine DNA is all about. The kingdom of God is within you and outside of you. And once you come to know yourself, you will know that it is you who are the children of the living father. That was the gospel of Thomas which was a Gnostic gospel. Although later they actually adopted some of it into the regular canon and acknowledged that it was the disciple Thomas because there was too much information that showed that it was. Canonical Bible says, Know thyself, Christ in you, your hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ is the light of God. The manifestation of God in human. Jesus Christ. Jesus was the only one who came to the earth plane, learned everything he needed to learn from multiple mystical sources, and was able to transcend death and take his physical body with him. But in many, many, many teachings that we're not allowed to see if we're just studying the regular Bible, we lose what else he came here to do, which was to tell us that we could do it too. Now, I know I'm not going to do it in this lifetime, and I don't know too many people that will, but we absolutely can become the most evolved spiritual essence of ourselves, which is what he came here to tell us. 
I love this Gnostic quote. To know oneself at the deepest level is to simultaneously know God. That means if we truly study about who we are as spiritual beings, no matter how we label it, we will learn that deep down inside of us is the divine DNA and the light of God, which was also what Jesus was trying to tell us over and over and over again. There's a unity minister. Unity is a great church that teaches about the Bible in a little bit of a different translation than some of the Orthodox religions. But for most people who are comfortable with the canonical Bible, unity does a great job of making it a positive experience. This was one of their ministers. His name was Eric Butterworth. Fundamentalists believe Jesus was God becoming man. The truth is Jesus was man becoming God. And what an amazing thing that is, because that's exactly what we believe. Number one, that Mary was a powerful, amazing being who knew she was going to give birth to the sun, the light, the spirit, the truth, the energy of God in the form of a man. She knew he had a powerful destiny and she was going to make sure he learned everything he needed to know in order to fulfill that destiny. So our belief about Mary is not that she was some timid virgin who accidentally or by divine providence was impregnated. We believe that she knew very well that her destiny was to give birth to Jesus and to guide him until the divine ones were ready to teach him and take him on a much more sacred journey to understanding who he was and why he was here. And when he was finished with those studies, he showed up and started teaching as an adult. The lost years between ages 13 and 33 are filled with all kinds of information that's not in the Bible. They're just called the lost years where he just went out into the wilderness and started studying. Most of us become who we are between the ages of 13 and 32. And that's what Jesus did. He learned from some amazing beings who had all kinds of spiritual understanding going back even way before Buddha. And then he came back to a barbaric nation to teach and to plant seeds and to return as we were open and willing to receive his wisdom. And every Christmas Eve, and actually starting around Thanksgiving all the way through the 10th of January, there is a Christ energy on this planet that cracks the door open and says, let me in. And it's Jesus saying, this energy right now, at this moment, is wide open to you. It's like your gas tank is empty. You've been running on fumes. And some of us have run out of gas and pulled over on the side of the road. And he's standing up in the heavens with his arms outstretched, pouring fuel of light from his being into us so we can fill back up. This time of the year is so powerful for us to be able to receive the teachings that we are divine, that we have a purpose, that our purpose matters, and that everything we came here to do is right now at this moment ready for us to embrace. That there's no right or wrong way to do it as long as we're loving and kind and open-minded and trusting with using spiritual discernment, by the way. I always tell people it's okay to trust, but it's also really important that you trust that something divine protects you and you only receive and hold on to the things that feel right for your own soul growth. 
even as you listen to this message, if this doesn't feel right, let it go and shut it off and say, that's not for me. She's crazy. But if it works for you, then listen and know that I am being guided as I believe I am being guided to share this message about your divinity, that Christmas is a time for us to celebrate en masse the power of Jesus's light that is here to fill us up so that we can do what we're meant to do to help this world be a better place. It's magical. It's meaningful. Children see through all of the veil of negativity and difficulty and all they see is joy and happiness. At least those who have people around them that share that because there's plenty of them that don't. But we can step in and fill the void for those children as well. It's a very important time. Maybe it's why this is the time that I'm going to start doing podcasts with regular messages. And um, Chris, my husband, and I are going to try to put things back out there so that we can revamp the messages of Key to Life maybe do some seminars. The calling has been really loud. On that gray day, one section of those clouds parted when I was sitting on that swing. And as loud as you can hear my voice, I heard Jesus say, you are my instrument and you need to get back to work. It's time to stop grieving. It's time to stop worrying. It's time to stop thinking, but what if? But what if people judge me? But what if people don't listen? But what if? But what if all the scary things happening in the world come true? The power of his light and the strength of his voice rolls over me in such a way that I, I don't even, I don't even think about what if when I'm listening. And all we have to do is decide to listen because that voice that is considered the still small voice, not so small, not so still is the voice of our soul. And the voice of our soul is saying, listen to the source, listen to the creator, listen to Jesus, listen to Mary, listen to Michael, listen to the angels, listen to whoever guides you to a truth that is beyond a difficult earthbound reality because you are an empowered spiritual being living a human life. You're not stuck here. You're supposed to grow here. And Jesus said, grow, embrace the light that is me and do what you're supposed to do. One of the quotes in the Gnostic Bible by Jesus through one of the disciples is, I have come not to be served, but to be liberated and to liberate divine beings from darkness by showing them the way back to the light. And I am the way home. He didn't mean that you're supposed to put him up on a pedestal and worship his deeds. He meant that he would guide us home to our understanding, to our truth, to our light, and that that was his purpose. In all the things that were written about know thyself, to know oneself at the deepest level is to simultaneously know God. That's a pretty powerful statement. And in the regular Bible, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's Jesus supposedly speaking through John 4, 4. Seek ye first the kingdom, and the kingdom is in you, in you. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all things shall be added. The kingdom is the kingdom of wisdom within your own soul. Sometimes you're going to find that in a meditation. Sometimes you're going to find it sitting under a tree. Or you're going to find it watching other people do things that are inspiring. Or you're going to listen to something that blows your mind and that spirit wells up within you and you go, my God, this is so special. This must be what they're talking about. 
it was hard for me to get into the Christmas spirit. It was hard for me to go back to the places that used to inspire me because for 45 years, which was most of my life, Key to Life Center was Christmas Eve. For most of that, it was my mom and wonderful musicians that helped her and my husband and I who helped her until I started speaking. And then it was her and I. And then all these amazing musicians singing music that would make the hair stand on the back of your neck because it was so beautiful, so amazing. There are two songs to me that represent Christmas. And if there's one way to get in touch with the deep spirit of Christmas, these two songs are it. If you can find Debbie Duncan's Christmas CD or anyone else who's performed at Key, they will probably have these two songs on them. If not, check the Canadian tenors or the regular tenors or this guy who I just found in the last couple of weeks, Jordan Smith, who I guess was on The Voice. I don't really watch much TV, so I didn't know, but he's got an amazing voice. And there's a lot of other people that do these songs that are crazy, crazy beautiful and inspiring. The first song is Mary Did You Know, which I love because it talks about the power of Mary giving birth to Jesus and what his mission was. Did she know? Did she know that she was giving birth to the great I am? And the truth is, I believe she did know. And that's a whole other communication that I'll record one day and share. Because Mary is an amazing woman. Through much of the mystical teachings, they call her the Great Mother Mary. And there's nothing innocent and virginal about it. It's the Great Mother Mary. She would have had to know a lot in order to get Jesus ready for the journey he was going to be on in order for him to become the master. It's a beautiful story. There's so much to know. And then the other one which always gets me is O Holy Night. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir does an awesome version of it. Jordan Smith does a version of it with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And both the Canadian tenors and the regular tenors do a version of it that's mind-blowing. And basically anybody who sings it who can sing should make the hair stand on the back of your neck. Listen to the lyrics of both of those songs. Just play them. If you never went to a Christmas service because you just weren't into it for whatever reason, just sit somewhere quiet and listen to both of those songs listen to the lyrics and feel the music because both of those songs in and of themselves speak of Christmas in such a way that from the beginning to the end of the song, the story is told. The power of the light of Jesus and the beautiful things that he did and the magic because what he really came to teach us is that we were as mystical as he was, as magical as he was, and the divine DNA flows through our blood. It flows through our body. It flows through all aspects of our humanness and our spirituality, and it is an energy that swirls in through and around us, and it can bless people, and it can guide people, and it can help people. Not all of us are meant to be speaking and singing and doing crazy big things. But if we touch one life, just one life, then that life touches another life that touches another life that touches another life. And before you know it, you've done exactly what you were supposed to do is share your light with another human being or with animals which are amazing, making their lives better because what they give to us energetically to help us heal and to find joy and happiness is amazing. Children, the environment, this beautiful earth mother that allows us the space to live on her 
Native American spirituality that honors everything that has to do with the earth. There are so many paths of understanding the light that's within us and the way we can find it. Those two songs will help. One of the most powerful messages that Jesus said is that even the least among you can do all that I have done and greater things. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And greater things than these shall you do. And everybody would say, how could he possibly suggest that we're going to do greater things than he did? I've used this message in several Christmas Eve services. It still blows my mind because it was gifted to me through a communication similar to the one I had on the swing when he said, wake up and do what you came here to do. But some stories came to me and the understanding, what, what could we do that's greater than what he did? So I had some very specific things that I was told I had to study and find, and they're simple enough to share. So I'm going to, so that you'll understand that you can do greater things than he. If you let him guide you, don't put him so far up on a pedestal or so far up on a cross that you can't talk to him or that you feel shame or guilt or fear. Bring him right next to you and understand that he's here to guide you and to lead you. That he's a powerful, amazing, huge light of the world. And he's just waiting for you to let him be an instrument through you. We are all instruments. How we will be used as an instrument will be different. But we need to remember that we are instruments. So let's just talk about the miracles that he performed. Because if he says that we're going to do greater things than he did, we better get on it and start doing some miracles. Okay, so if you look back, it's 2017. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus is going around and he's healing the blind and he's helping the lame walk and he's helping the deaf hear and he's bringing people back from life or death back to life. So if people are going to be doing those things and more, was he crazy or did he know something? Well, I think he knew something. Now, granted, since he's Jesus, he knew a lot. And he knew mostly that in 2000 years, those of us who decide to get on our soul path and stay on our soul path will do things that will touch lives in greater mass than he could. And actually, it started a long time ago that people started doing healing work that was greater than what he did. And that isn't blasphemous. It was prophesied by him. Greater things than these shall you do. The lame shall walk. Okay, so he helped people walk who are completely lame. Can we do that? Yes, we can and we do. Not all of us, a handful of us. We were watching some advertisements for the Special Olympics, mind-blowing, and advertisements for Gillette Children's Hospitals, mind-blowing. You can go on and on and on and on and on and look for examples where people who have no legs, who could not walk, have prosthetics that allow them to run, to ski, to race, to swim, to do anything that any of us can do that have perfectly healthy legs. I've seen people that are in much, much, much better shape than I'm in with no legs, doing things that I could do with two legs. They're doing better with bionic prosthetics. Greater things than these shall you do. He knew that as he was sending the consciousness of Christ energy through the ethers, and not just him, the great mother Mary, the whole angelic forces of the other side of Christ consciousness beyond the veil 
all the beings who are dedicated to sending power and wisdom and light to this realm, that they would pick it up. Some doctor, an engineer, an inventor would pick up that light and it would fire inside their soul where their divine DNA was and they would create a device that would be able to help someone walk who couldn't walk and there would be a doctor who would be able to be inspired to learn how to implant such a device or attach such a device and all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of people are walking who had no legs or no use of their legs or arms. This and greater things shall you do. The deaf shall hear cochlear implants. People could not hear cochlear implants. Some amazing scientist, some incredible engineer, some doctors, a bunch of beings who just thought they were following some education and some maybe knew they were being inspired by something divine. Maybe they didn't. It doesn't matter whether they knew it or not. They were doing the work of God through the light of Jesus to inspire themselves to create devices that helped deaf hear. Greater things than these shall you do. Prophesizing that we as humans streaming the powerful light of God through us would be able to do in mass things that he couldn't have done with so many people. But we can, and he said we would, and he's waiting for more things for us to do. Two more stories that I absolutely love. There were two quotes in Matthew at two different points. And so you couldn't tell really exactly which one was right because this happens a lot, but it doesn't really matter. It's the overall message of it. It says that Jesus fed the multitudes in Matthew 14, 15 through 21. It says at least 5,000 people were fed. In Matthew 15, 32 to 39, it says that Jesus fed at least 4,000 people. So in Matthew, in two different places, Jesus fed somewhere between 5,000 and, or 4,000, 5,000 people. He just multiplied food when people were hungry and they needed to be fed. And there were so many people there. He just said, okay, but through divine alchemy, which is what we call it. The mystical Jesus through divine alchemy, which is not turning iron into gold. It's turning energy into the manifestation of whatever he wanted it to be. It's why he was able to heal. He grasped that energy that was in the ethers. That was the energy of God in creation. And he said, I can do this thing here. I'm going to heal you. And he said, here, let me just throw all this food out here. You guys are hungry. He would take out, it's as if you swipe your hand in the air and you grab a ball of air and that ball of air is actually energy. It's all like Einstein. Think about Einstein and his whole theory that everything needs to be energy before it becomes matter. Well, that's what Jesus did. He fed the multitudes by using energy. And you know what? He said, this and greater things shall you do. Listen to this little story. When five-year-old Hannah Taylor saw a homeless man eating out of a garbage can, she, she set out to cure the world of homelessness with hugs and ladybugs, as Hannah says. Ladybugs represent luck and homeless people need good luck. With some help from her parents, she set up what is called the Ladybug Foundation. She painted baby food jars like ladybugs and asked businessmen for their spare change. Now 10 years old, Hannah has raised more than a half a million dollars 
and doesn't plan on slowing down. A half a million dollars would feed more than four or five thousand people, which Jesus did, and then some. But he himself said this and greater things. Did Jesus know that Hannah, 2,000 years later, was going to create a foundation that would feed millions of people? I'm guessing that Jesus knew a whole bunch of things we can't comprehend. That not just Hannah, but that people all over the world were going to create foundations. Some of the most wealthy, amazing people in the world who have come together to create foundations where they give away the greatest aspects or the greatest percentage of their wealth in order to benefit humankind in the world. Just do searches and find organizations where you can donate. And if you don't have the money, then donate your time until you do have the money. Give. Give. Not just so you'll receive, but so you can feel it. So you know that you're doing the work of the divine light of Jesus and God and all those on the other side in order to touch humanity. There are a lot of wealthy people out there that are selfish, that absolutely hoard what they have. I wouldn't want to be them when I pass through this life to the other side and have Jesus standing there saying, so what'd you do? What'd you do with all of your billions of dollars? I'm looking down at the earth and I see a lot of struggling people. I love the Christmas Carol, one of my favorites. And one of my absolute favorites one, favorite ones was done by Patrick Stewart. You just watch it and the messages that were in it. Charles Dickens was so ahead of his time with his consciousness and understanding what a Christmas Carol meant. I think he was more evolved than we even know. But the whole point of it is there are millionaires, billionaires who hoard and just do it for their ego and how people will look at them and they've got money and who cares because amassing a great amount of money is just a law of the universe. What you do with it is what matters. Not how much you make, but what you do with how much you make. I don't need to speak all the names of the people who are out there that do it. But there are many. The actors, the actors, the actresses, the businessmen, the inventors, the entrepreneurs who have had enough of their materialism and now they're sharing their wealth with the world in a way that is benefiting millions and millions of people. This and greater things shall you do. So let's talk about the blind while we're at it. Because this helps. So we're going through the what miracles did he perform? And how could we do more than he did? Because he knew. He knew we were going to grow as a consciousness. If we studied the teachings and we stayed true to the teachings. And there were many teachings out there helping people stay true to their divine light and passing it on to their families and doing wonderful things with what they had. Love, love, love this story that I'm going to share. This story is about restoring sight to the blind, which Jesus did, but this is a person. Dr. Bath was born in 1940 and invented a laser device in 1981 to painlessly and quickly remove cataracts. The device has successfully restored visions to people who have been blind for decades. Dr. Bath pioneered the worldwide discipline of community ophthalmology a volunteer-based outreach program to bring necessary eye care to the underserved population. Dr. Bath was the first African-American woman to serve a residency in ophthalmology at New York University. 
She holds four patents in the U.S. She is the first African-American female doctor to receive a patent for a medical purpose. A black woman who was born in the 40s restored sight to the blind. Multitudes beyond multitudes, millions of people see now because of Dr. Bath. Jesus knew he wasn't going to have millions of people see with his healing hands, but his healing wisdom streamed from the ethers through the veil that separates us from heaven and inspired Dr. Bath to find a technique. Whether she's Christian or not doesn't matter because Christ is the manifestation of God in human And Jesus' goal is to make sure that everybody channels or streams their own pure divine potential so that they can do what they were meant to do. This and greater things shall you do. It's a powerful thing to know. It's a powerful thing to know. So at Christmas, there's a couple of things that we need to do. We need to remember who we are and why we came here. We need to wake up to the light that's within us. We need to give thanks that we have that light and hopefully connect with a personal understanding of Jesus and start seeking what we can read to know what that is. And then we need to find the holy, beautiful, sweet love that is Christmas itself. The power and the light I'm blessed to have two healthy, beautiful granddaughters. And one of our favorite things in the world is to deck our house out so that we look like the crazy neighbors that have all the Christmas decorations. Not just for the kids, but for the adults. It's one of my favorite things because I too get to return to the childlike self. When we become as a child, we return to a place of faith and magic where everything is magical, where we can look at it and see it and feel it and believe it without having somebody explain it to our intellect and to try to disprove it. There's a few quotes I want to finish with that are very important about Christmas. This is the message of Christmas, that we are never alone. This is one of the most powerful times for the divine beings to part the veil and to send their light for us to receive so that we can feel filled with their light. If you listen to O Holy Night and Mary Did You Know and your own favorites, you can't help but feel the spirit. And that rolls into this quote. It's not the presents that make Christmas so special. It's the presence of those you love, whether they are with you in person or spirit. I felt my mom, Marion Rice, a lot in the last few months. I think she understood I couldn't do Christmas last year, but I could feel her telling me that it's time. It's time to move on now. I know she's with me. I talk to her all the time, and I feel her. And I sense her. But at Christmas time, our ability to connect with our loved ones in spirit is amplified a hundredfold. So if you have someone on the other side that you love this time of year, talk to them. Sit down and tell them that you miss them, that you love them, and that you would like to start having regular conversations so they can help you. Since they're in a place where they know a lot. Do it in your own words in whatever way you need to. This is by a woman named Ruth Carter Stapleton. Christmas is most truly Christmas when we celebrate it by giving the light of love to those who need it most. So whatever it is that you know that you have, that you can share with the world, 
now is the time to let it sink in. Write down some ideas, jot them down. And when you get off of the crazy wheel of making Christmas what some of us do in the last few days, which is hurry up and get here, hurry up and get there, and then you start listening to the spirit about what Christmas is, you'll know what it is you're supposed to do. The magic that was inside of us as a child, assuming we had a positive childhood because some of us didn't, but yet we still forgave, we still laughed, we still tried to find a way to make life positive and meaningful. But now it's time for us to let the faith of the child, the forgiveness of the child, the joy of the child, the magic of the child to celebrate en masse the light of God inside through divine DNA. In the last quote, Christmas is the perfect time to bring the search to find our missing half, the magical child that will guide us back to the kingdom within. Thank you for listening. I hope to share more podcasts as we move forward. At least it's a place for us to start. There's a meditation at the end of this podcast that is brief but simply powerful I hope you will listen to it and feel it and know that Jesus is standing right with you arms wrapped around love pressed down and running over you're an amazing soul it's time to give thanks for the light that is awakening this night or this day. For your truth is that you too were born here as an instrument and the divine light of God is being born again and again and again every time you wake up. Let the gift of light that is within you Become the purpose and know that you are watched over and that you will be guided. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful Christmas and a blessed year to come. Peace be with you. Peace.